Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We're your host. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And it is another fun-filled Monday, Hollow Cult. We're here to jumpstart your week and get you through the slog of life that we have to deal with called work. Amen. Which is lame. But we hope to kind of uh, light a little fire under that and get you through the work week to the next weekend. Kyle's got some weird stories from our national parks. They are awesome. Coming up today. He talked about it a little bit out when we were standing outside kicking it, and I'm stoked. I love weird shit like this, as we all know. Before we do that, we got to get through the business. So check us out at all social medias. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, and Reddit. Search up the Hollow Sky Podcast, and we shall be there Come and join the Hollow Cult. Be part of the family. You know how it goes. I also want to remind you, this will be the last week you have to buy tickets to the Fortean Airwaves podcast extravaganza. That is October 6th, 7th, and 8th at the Inn in Ada, Ohio, uh, Ohio Northern University. Come and hang out with us three days long, $50 gets you all three days. It is the ultimate podcast experience with us, the hollow sky podcast, cryptids of the corn, kill the mockingbirds, the bump podcast, Appalachian intelligence and uncomfortable. Well, there'll be meet and greets. There'll be a pancake breakfast. We'll do some, uh, podcast panels. We'll each have about an hour to put forth a never before heard a show specifically for our guests at the 14 airwaves festival. There is uh, deals on room and board on the link tree. Go check it out. It's going to be gnarly. It's going to be a good time. If you have a paranormal experience you'd like to share with the show, Kyle has your info. You can write your story out or record yourself and shoot it over to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us a summary of what you have going on and request an interview. You can also call or text the holophone, which is going to be 618-556-0837. If you want to send us anything weird or cool, shoot that over to Podcast P.O. Box 145. Fielden, Illinois, 62031. Send us weird shit. Yeah. Haunted items, send them. Cursed items, send them. We want the smoke. Also, don't forget to check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on YouTube for the night shift. Yes. Do that. Um... Oh, I want to shout out, I always am a sucker for searching our name on Reddit just to see if people mention us, and I saw this post on one of the haunted Reddit threads about this person bought a pair of hiking boots from their local Goodwill, and ever since they got it, all sorts of weird and gross things were happening at their house. One listener over on Reddit, I can't remember who it was, but shout out to the member of the Holocult on Reddit said, yo, you need to send it to our boys in Hollow Sky and <laughs> gave our address. That's awesome. So I don't know if we're going to begin some haunted hiking boots, but I'm about to put them on and get to stepping. I mean, no offense, but that's kind of what you get when you buy used hiking boots. Uh, you know, 
Sometimes there's ghosts attached. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I thought it was funny, but uh, this is what we like to hear. People out there in the wild, hollow cult in the wild, throwing our name in the hat, just yeah, wherever just, you can find it. I love it. Just existing on its own. You, uh, I absolutely love it. Keep that up. If you'd like to support the show, uh, there's plenty of ways you can do it. Check us out on our Patreon. There you'll get all kinds of extra content. Uh, you'll get the regular shows ad-free and early, which is pretty cool in itself to be part of an elite club getting the Hollow Sky episodes just a smidge before everybody else. Yeah. You'll be in the know before the know. So that's something you really want to pass up? I don't think so. We have our website, HollowSkyPodcast.com. Go and check out the merch. We got a Venmo. You can send us some pocket change to feed our addictions. Uh, best thing you can do, mention the show word of mouth. Uh, that it by far has what... It's the pillar of this show. It's what has helped build this show. The grassroots movement of the hollow cult, spreading the show around, whether it be word of mouth or social media or just however you get it out there. Uh, we appreciate you guys and keep up the good work. The more hollow cult there is, the more hollow sky there will be. So let's keep that rolling. You can also go to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, which is us, and leave us a five-star rating and review, and we will shout you out. Today's five-star podcast, or five-star rating and review, comes to us from our friend Lizzie Liz 82 Lizzie Liz says, five stars, a must-listen. These guys bring some new puzzle pieces to some of this same old puzzle. That's what we're here to do. Try to put some new insight on some of the weird. And we know a lot of that weird has been rehashed and looked at and thought about and spoken about and then thought about and spoken about again. So we're, we're always trying to put fresh eyes on stuff, put our own little take. I think that's what uh, kind of makes our show special that me and Kyle m might not always have the same point of view, but we can always look at it from different perspectives, Yeah, which is important. It's important. Absolutely. Uh, that being said, thanks Lizzie Liz for leaving us the five star rating, and the kind words. Much love. Much love. On to our paranormal experience of the week, the day, the show, comes to us from our friend Faith. Says, my pa family's paranormal vacation. Faith says, hey Steve, hey Kyle, hope you guys are doing well. My name is Faith and I've lived in St. Louis, the St. Louis area my whole life. Coincidentally, I currently live about 10 minutes away from the Beaumont Scout, Re Scout Reservation where Steve heard the possible Bigfoot wood knocks and the weird symbols in the trees on the surrounding area. You can see from Google Maps, the Beaumont Scout Reservation. I was trying to think of the name and I couldn't remember it. So shout out Faith for helping me remember. Uh, it might also be where I punched a Sasquatch. Hell yeah. Which you mess around, you find out. Yeah, you got to do it. You mess around, you find out. Squatch, you're you're not nothing uh, special. No, you're not excluded from getting the smoke. That's right. Back to face story. My mom and I have been huge fans of your show since I randomly discovered you guys on Spotify in the beginning of July. We've been listening to your backlog of episodes ever since. Awesome, awesome. I do love that. Like people are still randomly just stumbling onto the show. It's dope. Recently, my parents and I went on vacation to Colorado to visit my brother. And my mom and I both got my dad and my brother into the show, too. We listened the entire drive home. Oh, Dang. yes. Repping the Holocaust. That's bizarre. <laughs> I love it. It's a family affair now. Yeah. This paranormal encounter involved my whole family. 
It was the fall of 1998. My two older brothers were approximately eight and nine, and I would have just turned three a few months prior. So personally, I don't remember the events all that much. However, my dad remembers what happened very vividly, and I grew up hearing the story quite a bit. I also just asked my parents a few weeks ago to tell me exactly what happened to ensure that I got all the details correct. I do think it's important to mention that at this point, both of my parents are spiritual and they raised me and my brothers Christian, but very non-traditionally. We never attended church services, and my parents just fellowshiped regularly with close friends and family. They focused mostly on the love that Jesus talked about and just taught us to be kind and accepting of everyone. I would now consider myself agnostic, but I do believe there's something out there that's protected our family many times over the years. In any case, my family and I were on vacation in the Smoky Mountains in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We'd been staying in a vacation rental house a little ways from town for about a week, and we were supposed to have a few days left on our vacation. However, really early one morning, sometime shortly after 1.15, both my parents awoke with a very uneasy feeling. They were both feeling intense fear, to the point to where my dad actually thought someone may have broken into our cabin. Everyone was sleeping on the second floor, my parents were in one room, me and my brother shared a different room, and there was a balcony that overlooked the main floor. My dad decided he wanted to get me and my brothers and bring the three of us into my parents' room because of how anxious and fearful they both felt. On our way to our room, he stopped to look over to the balcony, and he said he was convinced he was going to see someone standing on the main floor looking back at him. Thankfully, he didn't see anyone, but apparently both my brothers and I were also feeling very unsettled and restless and were having trouble falling back asleep. My parents both said they felt like there was some sort of spiritual attack occurring, but they had no idea why. Additionally, my mom said she thinks she may have seen a dark, shadowy spirit up toward the ceiling in the bedroom that night. Even so, both my parents continued to pray for our protection, but unfortunately, the intense fear never really subsided, and my mom said it was painfully difficult waiting and hoping for some kind of relief. The next day, my family and I drove into Gatlinburg to get away from the house for a bit. Both my parents couldn't shake this heavy, unnerving feeling, and even though we were supposed to have the house rented out for a few more days, my dad wasn't comfortable with us spending another night there, and we decided we're going to leave later that evening. We headed back to the house, and my dad told my mom to take me and my brothers out to the hot tub while he started packing everything up. The feeling of fear continued the whole time my dad was packing, and he also, and also as he was loading the last of our things into the back of the car. The feeling continued to grow more intensely. He turned around and noticed a man standing toward the end of the driveway, just staring at him. Initially, my dad thought he was looking at a regular guy, but as the entity continued to stare, my dad realized he was seeing something from the spirit realm. My dad then noticed the entity looked confused and dumbfounded, like it couldn't understand why it was unable to get to my dad, like there was some kind of force field that it couldn't cross. My dad, being completely freaked out at this point, went back inside to get us into the car so we could leave. At the time, neither of my parents had cell phones, so on our way out of town, my dad decided to stop at a payphone and call a family friend, a friend who would host weekly prayer meetings with my parents and some of their friends and family. My dad called to ask everyone in the group to pray that we make it home safely and also explain the events of the day and the night before. My uncle was at the prayer meeting and asked if my dad and my mom had talked to anyone on her side of the family that day, because apparently the previous night, the whole family woke up feeling extremely distressed as my great-grandfather had passed away at exactly 1.15 a.m. Their friend explained that he believes sometimes negative spirits can attach themselves to people, and when that person passes away, the spirit or spirits will look closely for other relatives that might be vulnerable. 
My mom said that her grandfather struggled with depression and their friend thought whatever was attached to him was trying to attach itself to someone in my family. My uncle and their friends said the group would pray for a safe trip home and we started driving. My parents had planned on driving through the night on the way home, but they were both too tired to continue driving, so we thought it'd be best to get a hotel for the night. My dad started stopping at every hotel he could along the way. He stopped at three or four, all of which were totally booked, and he was getting stressed out as he might not be able to find us a place to stay. When he pulled into the next hotel parking lot, the entire light was full. The entire lot was full of motorcycles. Initially, my dad was concerned, not knowing why there were so many motorcycles in the parking lot, in addition to still being on edge from the paranormal events that had transpired earlier that day and the previous night. But even so, he went inside to ask if there were any rooms available. They had one room, literally one in the whole building. Again, my dad was a bit worried, but since everyone was exhausted, my parents decided we really need to, to stop and rest, and apparently we all slept like a rock. The next morning, my dad found out that there was a convention going on of a motorcycle group that went by the name of Bikers for Jesus. I'm not sure if we all or if we'll ever have all the answers in regards to what actually occurred in the Smoky Mountains that fall. But in my opinion, it feels like the universe specifically wanted us to stay in that hotel, and I believe something was looking out for my family. My family's experienced a few more paranormal events that I might send in another time, but this was the most prominent one. Anyway, thanks for putting so much intention into this platform and for creating a safe space for people to share their stories. We really appreciate you guys. Your friend, thanks again, Faith. Faith, thanks so much for taking the time to send your family's experience in. Uh, first, definitely send in any more experiences that you have because we want to hear them. We want to be able to put them out and let the, let the whole hollow cult... Uh, Get to experience some of the things that you and your family experienced. Um, secondly, uh, I'm full on board. I think something was looking out for you. Uh, what that may be, I am not sure. But yeah, cause what would what would the odds be that yeah. you stumble across that hotel with one room? Yep. Sometimes you just you got to let coincidence go. Yeah. And I never considered the probability of something being attached to a family member that was passing something negative <laughs> attempting to attach itself to another family member as that person passes that is horrifying yeah it's like a generational curse is what it is like a yeah, generational much. uh infestation pretty much and but you know what also has to give you a little bit of comfort because it sounds like at least in my head, it sounds like you guys might have been protected, and that's why that thing couldn't cross the barrier. That's what I thought too. Because there's nothing else that makes sense. Yep. I mean, it could have it could have been so much so that it was the great grandfather, you know, yeah, keeping it keeping it at bay. Yep. Um. Yeah. That's it. Is you almost have to find it, comfort in the fact that something was watching out for you. Absolutely, and think about. Like the the fact that it bothered him so much, he went out of his way to stop at a payphone to call the family to ask everybody to send prayers his way. Yep, it, it just goes to show the validity of the situation. Yep, because it bothered him that much that he took those that extra time, those extra steps to ask for help. Yep, absolutely. 
And oh, I dig it. I mean, the, the the Smoky Mountains are a weird place. Man. Oh yeah, for sure. It's full of lore. It's old yeah. as shit, and there is all kinds of weird weird stuff that goes on down that way. It's definitely a very bizarre place. Um, but we look forward to hearing uh, from you again, Faith. And thanks for kind of racking my memory there on the Beaumont uh, Boy Scout Reservation. If you or your family that lives around there have heard any weird squatchy shit, we would also like to hear that because I may have punched one in the face. Uh, not intentionally, just out of reaction. Don't threaten the nutter butters. <laughs> That being said, we are going right into some more Here weirdness. We go. Here we go. It's kind of appropriate too because this first story kind of reminds me of Steve a little bit. Just for a split second. Uh-oh. So here we go. Is this good or bad? This this one's bad. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's not cool. So, okay. check it out. Copy that. There was a dude, he was out deer hunting in a, a very remote area. When all of a sudden, he was awoken by something scraping up against his tent. Nope. He assumed that it was some type of animal until... Left hook. Whatever it was pressed its face up against the tent. Yep. Swinging. Swinging. It was a human-shaped face pressing into the tent. So the man hauls off and kicks it. My guy. And it leaps back. And seemingly takes off. The man ends up getting out of the tent with his gun. And he, he you know, at this point, he, he assumes that it, it's a person fucking with him. So he fires two warning shots into the night. And the man kind of is standing there. And as the report from the gun begins to vanish, he hears twigs snap behind him. Oh, shit. He turns around, and there was a man standing at the edge of his campsite. Uh, but this man wasn't wearing any clothing. And oddly enough, he didn't have any human flesh on him. Oh, all right. The man seemed to be some bizarre mixture of meat and hair. Almost like someone decided to play Frankenstein with all types of roadkill. I was just going to say, I'm like, we're going to name this a new cryptid. We're going to call him the roadkill man. It's essentially Let's what he go. is. But I just want to make, I just want to make note for anybody that wants to try it. If I, if I am camping and I am in a tent and I see <laughs> a face shaped object being pressed into my tent, you it's, can rest assured it's getting jacked. that you are going to see a fish or a fish. <laughs> a fist-shaped object coming through your side of the tent. <laughs> That's just how it works. Don't be creepy. Roadkill man, Sasquatch, other camper, Boy Scout. Whatever you are. Don't be fucking creepy, and you won't get punched. Exactly. So from here, it gets even weirder. Playing on a mass fear of mine, the thing opens its deformed mouth, and instead of making don't human noises like words or don't even stop. grunts, this thing mimics the sound of the gunshots. Boom, boom. Then it mimics 
the exact sound of the zipper from the tent unzipping. Which falls directly in line with Jeremiah's account. Yes. From when he was on his squatch hunt. Yes. Disgusting. Then, then the creature takes off into the night. Now it gets a little bit stranger from here because in the same area, the park had found a woman who ran away. Or so they were led to believe. Because this woman was from a, she had a bad home life. And she ends up disappearing. So they figure she just runs away. And it also, at around this time that, that she was reported missing, people began to come forward and say that they'd seen her around the park. So they kind of got worried. They thought maybe because of her history, because of the bad home life, that she might have gone out into the woods and unalived herself in one way or another. So they started searching for her, and they did end up finding her. However, not all of her. They were able to find a tongue, or half of her tongue, and a quarter of her lower jaw. What? From what was described, the body parts had very clean cuts on them, and they were never able to find any other portion of her at all whatsoever. That's terrible because bro what if somebody was using using people to make frankenstein no that's what i'm saying <laughs> no it's disgusting you that you don't people don't get to do that it was gross that story was found on phantomsandmonsters.com the roadkill man it's gross I do That's like the it. The first thing I thought when you said it was just flesh and hair. Yep. I like it. I uh <sighs> That's weird, man. It's almost like somebody was experimenting. Yeah, and you hear you hear stories of I know people are gonna give a shit about seeing Skinwalker and Wendigo and blah blah blah. But these things, whatever in the forest, these predatory entities mimicking people's voices they'll they will call out to see if you call out and the more you call out the more it's able to mimic your voice but it's which uh, is oh it's just so gross yeah also sucks um and i hate it the next story here involves a park ranger from alabama and he was out collecting samples from streams and he this was an ongoing thing he did it for a pretty long time there was a, a, a stream in particular that he had visited several times collecting samples. On this day, though, things were a hair different. The ranger went to the stream with all of his gear, and he was about to get into the stream when he, he spotted something across the way, and it had like a, a grayish-brown fur. And it started to emit this low growl at first the ranger thought it was just some type of dog that essentially had gotten away from the owner but the dog-like creature let out this really bizarre loud howl and then takes off into the woods only to almost like try to hide itself because it stops turns around and starts watching the ranger he describes it 
to have, and like when he's looking at it, he describes this like large portion of fur around its neck. But the ranger didn't think much of it and decided that the dog would most likely just leave and he could just get his work done. Like a lion's mane? That's what I pictured. Yeah. Really weird, right? Yeah. So that's what he ends up doing. He just kind of ignores the dog, goes to collecting his samples. But as the ranger kept moving down the creek, he just started getting this this off-putting feeling. He noticed how he couldn't hear any animal noises or almost anything through the sound of the stream. So it started to kind of alarm him. And he began to think about how this creature wasn't acting like a normal dog would. It was staying hidden in the brush, spying on him. As a ranger got to his next collection point, he began to smell this like wet dog smell. But it was mixed with putrid, rotting flesh. At this point, the ranger could just, it was like he could feel this animal's eyes on him. So he started to scan the wood line. Gross. And he ends up spotting it again. Now, this time when he spots it, the thing begins to stand up on two legs. It got to a height of about seven feet tall. And the growl became audible again. The eyes of this thing took on a very, like a yellowish look. And he described the face as having a demonic look to it. He said that the chest of this thing was just fucking massive. Now, sounds like a dog, man. That's what that's that's exactly where I'm at. Everything from the smell to the eye shine, the eye, all of it. Sounds like a dog, man. The ranger, and I don't know, like, there's a part of me that this is, I mean, this is definitely the smart move, but he. Obviously, he's like, well, fuck this. I'm getting out of here. But instead of turning to run, he backs up and he keeps eye on on the creature. Now, as he's moving back down the stream to get out, the creature is is following him. But he gets to a point like where, where his entry, entry point was. He gets out of the stream and is headed up back towards his truck. But the creature never crosses the stream. That's weird. That's what I was thinking. It just, it got to the edge of the stream because it was definitely pursuing him. Gets to the edge of that that stream and just stays there. Will not cross the stream. Which is very weird to me. Hmm. So, I mean, it either had an aversion of water or something was keep, like that stream was some sort of like a barrier, barrier almost. Like some sort of otherworldly <laughs> wall. Yeah. Prism wall. It, was, it, was, it, it caught me too and just made me, was like, that's, that's strange. But even, what, what's even almost just as strange to me is he gets back to the headquarters, tells his supervisor about it. His supervisors seemed extremely concerned, so they ended up sending people out there to investigate the area. Now, they never did find anything, and this particular ranger did go back to the same stream several times to collect his samples. I mean, he always went armed this time, 
But he said he never saw anything like that again. That is weird. Because it it had very predatory tendencies. Absolutely. But or then, at the very at the very least, territorial tendencies. Yeah. Like it was saying, "Hey, bitch, you come over here. This yeah. is my land." Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Maybe, maybe it was something put forth to a very specific geographic location. Like it cannot leave from these specific boundaries. Yeah. Weird. Which I, I bet I'll almost bet there's some type of native lore on that. It sounds right. Yeah. It's interesting. It'd be this, worth it'd be worth looking into if certain things can be summoned to protect certain specific yeah. uh, pieces of land, which I'm sure guaranteed. I'm sure it's out there. Because I think at one point I read that dogmen were very prominent for a while around uh native burial sites. I think I heard that too. Yeah, it's bizarre. Now, this next story, though, this one is fucking awesome. <laughs> and I mean awesome in, like, the creepiest way ever. So not awesome. Yes. So terrible. Yeah. By awesome, you mean shitty. Yeah. Cool. So, cool. Here we go. So there was a ranger. He was out and about one day, kind of, uh, I guess, just kind of running through the park and whatnot. And he gets to this location and he starts to smell just a absolute putrid stench, just fucking terrible. Well, in this area, it was heavy for bears. And his brain came to the conclusion of that it was probably a bear cache somewhere out there. The bear had killed something, tried burying it, but he said the thing with bear caches is they don't typically bury their stuff very good. They're really shitty at it. <laughs> so a lot of it will still be like sticking out and you can smell it and it's just, yeah. it's stupid, you know. I'm with you. If you bury it too deep, it's just going to be that much more work yeah. you got to do before you can come back and get a snack. Exactly. So he he searches around for it and never ends up finding it. So he, he he's like, whatever, fuck it. I'm just going to go back to headquarters. And he just kind of forgets about it. Until two days later, they get a call from campers in, in not not the same area, but it's relatively close. And they report a deer carcass that's found. And the way it's kind of described in the verbiage, and it's it's a little strange, but they they say that it it's like the head sticking out of the ground. But I'm I'm kind of assuming that. There was probably tall weeds in the area, and all they saw was the head of the deer sticking out. And they said, they're like, man, this deer just smells so fucking bad. It is absolutely putrid. And on top of that, the skull, like the head of the deer, has no flesh on it at all. And you can tell that something has been eating this deer. So the ranger's like, well, that's that's weird. And they even point out that there's no signs of predators in the area. There's nothing. It's like, all right, that's bizarre. So the the ranger ends up going out to investigate the area and try to find the corpse and and maybe remove it or investigate what happened to it, et cetera, et cetera. So he goes out there. He finds the general area that they were describing. He starts looking around, and he's like, well, I didn't find no deer 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. With a head sticking out of the ground or anything of that, he's like, but I did find um, deer bedding. And he noticed that there was blood in the deer bedding. And for anybody that doesn't know, deer bedding is just like where you'll walk out into like a large clearing of grass and you see these matted down areas. It's just where the deer have laid down and bedded for the night or the, or whatever. So he notices, like I said, he notices a little bit of blood in there and he's thinking to himself, by what the person has described to him, he's like, there's no way this deer is alive. There's just no way. But he gets to thinking, he's like, well, maybe, maybe it had been injured by an animal, and at this point, it is it has gone off to die somewhere. So he's like, I can't find nothing, so whatever, I'm I'm gonna leave. And he's starting to head back to his his ATV. He gets on the ATV, or no, he gets he he's approaching his ATV when all of a sudden he starts to smell. A fucking putrid smell. And he's like, it's the exact same smell from the other day. And he turns around to look back into the clearing and he sees it. The deer just standing there looking at him and looking like a zombie. Nope. He said there was no flesh on the head at all. It had no eyes. And it was missing flesh along its ribs and flank. At this point, I don't blame the ranger. He ends up pulling his gun on this thing. Uh, yes. He fires a couple shots into it, and he's like, it just stood there. It didn't even react to being shot at all. It just stood there and looked at him with no eyes. Just starts just staring at him. So the ranger's like, yeah. Fuck this. He gets on the the ATV, turns it on. See ya. And yeah, and it just, I'm out of here. But as he's driving away, he looks back. Because he's kind of worried that the thing's following him. And after he shot it, he halfway expected that it would attack him, but it never did. It just stood there. And as he's driving away, he looks back. And this thing had turned and was watching him leave. But it had no eyes. <laughs> That's a not deer, my friend. And uh, he ended up, I guess he had the authority, but he ended up shutting down that section of the park for the rest of the year. And he never had any more reports about it. And he... He told himself that maybe this thing just went off and died. He's like, but there's a part of me that knows that thing is still out there somewhere oh, roaming bro, around. That thing, that thing has been dead, right? Bro, how? Do not wait how, for it to die because it has already happened. How fucked up is that story? That is so creepy. Yeah, what you, what? 
what do you even like? Wh- there's there's not any explanation for that. No, and there's, there's nothing. nothing you can do. You already shot it, and it didn't do anything. Yeah, that's when you say, okay, we're not going back there. He did. He did the right thing. He followed all the right steps. Oh yeah. See it, shoot it, <laughs> close down a fifty mile radius yeah. around it. See it, shoot it, leave. Yeah. Then close down the area. See it, shoot it, skedaddle, shut down. It's the four S's. See, shoot, skedaddle, shut down. The four I, I could agree with the it. four S's of cryptozoology. I, I like it. I like the four S's. I'm, I fuck with it. The four S's of predatory cryptozoology. I fuck with it. If it was a nice deer, you don't have to shoot it. <laughs> if it's a zombie deer... Oh. And that was actually on... Um, Dude, I was half-ass waiting for you to like say when he turned back around on the side-by-side, this thing was like on two legs oh running my, after him. No, that would have made it so much worse. Like goddamn T-1000 in the oh, fucking Terminator. <laughs> that would be so much worse. But that is kind of what he's like, the T-1000 of deer. Yeah. I mean, he took he took shots and was like, no, I'm, yeah. I'm good. But that, that actually came from the Donovan Dread podcast, so that, that was a pretty cool story. Uh, the next one here is just bizarre. So there was a camp, and I guess it was Camp Tommy in New York, and there was a young counselor who was working there, and one night he decides, he's like, you know what? Because you're not supposed to leave your cabins after 10 p.m., and each of the cabins were a good jaunt apart. Like, they were pretty isolated from each other. Well, he decides, he's like, eh, you know, he's 21. He's like, I think I'm going to go see my camp girlfriend. This is, has he not watched any yeah, horror dude, movies That's exactly what ever. I was thinking. Do you know who Jason Voorhees is? It's the worst idea ever. When they give you a curfew, you listen to it. Yes. Because you were going to... End up murdered, right? Or running into something that you p- will probably murder you, right? It doesn't get that serious. It's interesting though. So he cuts off through the woods to make it to her cabin, and he's young. He's twenty one, right? The things dudes do for a uh, tail is insane. Specifically at that age, a hundred percent tracks. Oh, yes. It could be a forest full of Jason Voorhees. And you're going to try. And he would be like, you know, I could probably make it. I might not make it back. Yeah. But I'm just trying to make it there. Yeah. I'll just stay there. Yeah. I don't need to make it back. I'll yeah. just stay there. I'll we'll, deal with the consequences in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll deal with that. All I got to do, just half, I just got to make it there. I just got to get yep. halfway point. Yep. So that tracks. Oh, absolutely. So he's he's walking through the woods, and he starts to hear rustling nearby. And for whatever reason, because he's like, there's not many animals in the area. The worst we have is black bear, and they usually stay away from people, et cetera, et cetera. For whatever reason, he decides, I'm going to go over here and investigate. I love the bro's logic is, the worst it could be is a black bear. (laughs) So Think about your words. Right. So he goes over there, and as he's walking toward this rustling brush, this little three-foot-tall humanoid being jumps out of the brush. And they're they're both kind of like starstruck. (laughs) 
they just stare at each other for a minute. And the dude is not scared at all. He's like, he's like, because he said he's like, it, it was more of like, like all he could see was like the silhouette. Like it was just this little humanoid figure. He couldn't really make out too many details. He did kind of imply that it wasn't wearing any clothes because he's like, I would have been able to see the clothes on it. So he just sees this little fucking little three foot tall dude standing there. He's like, I'm going to go check it out. So he starts walking closer to this little humanoid thing. This son of a bitch, he's like, it did an abrupt 90 degree rotation. And he's like, it literally looked like somebody doing the robot dance. And then it took off running like a robot. And he said, I'm fast. This thing was on a whole nother level. <laughs> this thing was so fast. I never would have been able to catch it ever. This thing was lightning fast. This is my favorite. And he's like, it's just so weird because it ran in this robotic way. Like it moved and ran in this bizarre robotic way. I love the idea that there, at this point in time, there was a 21 year old human camp counselor on a mission to get some tail and probably a robotic gnome thinking the same camp thing. counselor on his way to get some tail. I hope. And they just happened to cross paths. I hope because that would be the best version of this story. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. I agree. That's the story. That's and, exactly what happened. And dudes, robot gnome saw him and is like, Oh shit. Yeah. Oh shit. There's, there's another, he probably immediately thought, man, there's, there's more game out here. There's a fucking know? giant. Yeah. This is giant. Come take my lady. Yeah. I'm out. So, He's <laughs> he just robot shuffling. <laughs> dude, it's so awesome. So awesome. I love that the dude the dude was already was already naked. He's ready. Oh, to yeah, rock he's and roll. going. He's ready. He's ready. Um I don't know what it could be. It's super rad. Horny robot gnome. Super rad. That's it. That's I, the, I mean I mean I I love it. It's the only I thing I absolutely be. love it. It's the only it's the only Option. It literally is. I found a short story that I'm going to, I included in here just because it's weird. There was a, a brother and sister. They had gone camping. We're all about weird shit here. Yeah. They went camping and they were kind of like hiking around through the woods when they hear their mother's voice clearly say, honey, why is your nose bleeding? Well, it's a fucking roadkill. Obviously, man. their mother was not on this trip, so it scared the shit out of them. They took off, started running away. Uh, about a few minutes into them running away, the sister gets a nosebleed. Weird. Very weird. weird. That's the story. Really short, but I thought, how bizarre is it that they heard their mother? Yeah. In the middle of the woods. It was an like an auditory premonition. Yes. That Super is bizarre. bizarre. That was bizarre. That we weird. said bizarre at the same time. <laughs> oh. 
Really weird though, right? Yeah, you hear a lot of premonitions about people seeing things and dreaming things, but I'll have to look into auditory premonitions. I know I've heard about them before, but I'm curious the correlation between family members and the voices that they hear. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's interesting that they heard the mom because yeah. if they were younger, that is a voice that they would listen to, that they would attribute to some sort of like authority or right. compassion. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's really, really strange got story. My, got my brain ticking there. Same. That's why I included it. Um, this next story though, not scary, fucking bizarre, <laughs> absolutely bizarre. We're also all about bizarre. Yeah. So the way I take it is that there were two cousins, both female. One of them became a park ranger and she's like, Hey, let's go out here, go camping. I'm going to take you out and show you around. Blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. So get out there, get on their horses. They're out riding around. The one who's now a ranger or whatever is like, hey, you want to see something weird? And her cousin's like, well, obviously, who doesn't want to see weird stuff? Yeah, we're all about the weird here. So they start riding off into the woods. They get deep into the woods. And... She's like, all right, well, we're going to get off our horses here. We're going to tie them up, and then we're going to walk over here into this clearing. So they walk over into the clearing, and they see, like, wire sticking out of the ground. Almost like, um, they, which is kind of interesting that they use this phrasing, but like transmission wire kind of, like like power wire. Like, like cable. Yeah, sticking out of the ground. Yeah. And it's in the ground but they're they're able to find more of it so they start following it and they follow it they follow it. it's ran over rocks it's back underground it's ran up through trees just all over the place and they they find where it dead ends where it dead ends is the weird part it dead ends in the middle of fucking nowhere no roads no decrepit buildings, no burnt buildings, no building remains. There's literally nothing here except a school teacher's desk and a power outlet. That is so fucking weird. Now, from here, I'm assuming that the one ranger girl had been to this location before and seen it, or luck of the draw. I'm, I'm going to say that it was probably she's been here before because she pulls out a little plug-in radio and she plugs it into that fucking outlet and the radio chimes to life. I have so many questions. Like, why? Yes, A. (laughs) Were there drawers in this teacher's desk? I don't know. Did you go through it? Because you should have. I 100% would have. You should have. Uh, it it seems far fetched, but it's not necessarily that far fetched because we've heard other stories. Fucking stairs to, in the woods. Yeah, I heard a story about in the middle of the fucking desert, they find this essentially a shipping container in the middle of the desert, like a hundred miles from anything. The shipping container has full power running to it 
and it's full of like computer towers and hard drives. And there's like a sole fucking monitor in the middle of this. That's on this concerning. Desk. Yes. I can't remember where I read it. I don't remember if they were ever, ever able to get into it, but I do remember reading it and it's fucking weird. I think if I stumbled onto that, I'd probably be a little scared. Yeah. Like we are not supposed to be here right now. Yeah. The only reason you have a shipping container full of computer equipment, fully powered in the middle of the desert is because you're up to some bullshit. (laughs) 100%. You are out there because you don't want anyone else knowing what you're doing ever. Period. Period. The end. They could be, they could be mining V bucks. I don't know, but I don't want to know. No, 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 no. I would just turn around and skedaddle. Mm, I think, I think I'm with you on that one. That one would concern me a lot. See, Shoot, skedaddle, yes. shut down. I can't remember the other S we just talked about. I'm with you, man. That's a that's no bueno. That's what I'm saying. That's um, what I'm saying. This next story is a good one. So you've got two rangers. They're out, they're out in the woods, way out in the middle of nowhere, and they're taken down. They're taken down. Uh, illegal, illegally placed like trail cameras and mm. hunting blinds and stuff. Well, the one ranger ends up, he starts to feel real shitty. And he's like, listen, man, I don't feel good. I'm going to go ahead and take, take off. And the other dude is like, that's fine. We're almost done here. I'll go ahead and finish up. And then I'll meet you back at, at headquarters. All right. Sounds great. The one ranger leaves, and the other one who's left behind, he starts to hear voices off in the distance. He yells out and gets nothing in return. So he just kind of was like, whatever. So he finishes up removing the cameras and all that jazz, and he heads back to his ATV. Well, somebody or something had tampered with his ATV. It took the battery cable off the battery so he's like whatever and he's kind of worried at this point because he's he's like well we did just remove a bunch of illegally placed cameras what if we're dealing with some sometimes hunters get petty as shit man some vicious hunters well they could be poachers that are ready to they fuck with other guys trail cams they steal depending on the location could be a goddamn pot farm nearby that's that's true too. So he had legit reason to be slightly worried. But he puts the battery cable back on, starts it up, takes off. However, the four-wheeler is still running like shit and then it eventually dies. So he radios back to headquarters. He's like, "Listen, my my side by side or my my four-wheeler's down. I need somebody to come pick me up." They're like, "All right." Cuz literally like ATV ride this dude is an hour out. They're like, we'll be there in an hour. So he's a good ways out there. Like I said, they're they're like, we'll be out there in about an hour. Hold tight. Unfortunately for this guy that's out there, he's not 100% sure his roundabout location because the other ranger was the one marking everything off. So they're kind of, you know, trying to figure out where he's at. And he's like, well, just ask ask the ranger that came back. And they're like, well, he's not back yet. 
And at this point, he's kind of like, I thought you should be back. Like, yeah, it's starting, to, it's starting to click in his head. Yeah, he's like, like oh, this, is, this is probably not very good. They're like, well, we'll just start heading out that way, you know, yada, yada, yada. All right, fine. Get off the radio. Dude starts hearing voices again. Once again, he shouts out in hopes that it's somebody that might have a map or something that can help him out. He gets nothing, nothing in, in response again. And he's like, the, the voices sounded about like they like roundabout that they're about a thousand feet away. So he starts walking toward the voices. And he walks for a solid 20 minutes toward these voices. However, it's a trap. The voices continuing continually get further away as he's so after about the 20 minutes, he's like, well, fuck this. Turns around, starts heading back. But he notices that the conversation is not a pleasant one, that the voices are clear, like they're clearly arguing with each other. So he gets back on the radio and he's like, at this point, it's been hours. You guys coming out here or what? And they're like, listen, we're, we're trying to make it out there. We just found the other ranger. We found him passed out with puke all over himself. But he did mark the locations of like where the cameras and shit were. So we know where you're at. We're on our way. All right, great. But at that, at that moment, dude's radio dies. So now he's no communication. Starts hearing the voices again. So, and at this point it's nighttime. He's got his own little fire going. Starts hearing the voices and he starts, he's like, well, I have nothing else to do. So I'm just going to sit here and listen. And he picks up phrases here and there. Phrases like, well, it wasn't yours to take. I don't fucking care. You knew better. So it's clearly an argument between two people. And then all of a sudden he hears a gunshot. <laughs> so he kind of panics, puts out his fire real fast and hides over by a tree and stuff. Cause now he's like, well, everything's off the table. Now this is bad. Eventually search party gets there, finds him. And he's like, listen, man, I'm, hundred percent sure I just heard a murder and it's the middle of the night. So they're like, well, we're going to have to come back out in the morning. Like there's nothing we can do about it right now. So the next morning they head back out there and they bring police and dogs in. After a little while of searching, they actually find a shallow grave out there. Hmm. They dig up the grave and it was nothing but a pile of bones. So the body had been there for a very long time. So he's like, in his own head, he's like, I either just solved a long old murder, or I, or somehow, I, coincidentally, I hear two guys kill the, you know, a guy kill somebody, and then I just, stumbled upon the shallow yeah. grave like a re- like it was residual yeah essentially fucking that, weird right that that whole 
crime just continuously playing out and playing out. It makes you wonder if the voices were trying to lead him to the shallow grave to find it. Maybe. Interesting. Fucking, it's just a weird story. Yeah, yeah. And the last, the last story I have here is short, but it definitely invokes the imagination. And I'd also like to know if there's any significance to a section of this. So anyways, there's a ranger, and he tells a story where he's way out in the woods, you know, about 10 miles out, and he pulls to the top of this hill. And he gets his binoculars out, and he starts scanning the valley. And he notices there's this clearing in the valley. And it's a good good jaunt off, you know. It's a good ways off. But he notices that there's a woman down there, an elderly woman. He's like, she's she's easily 60-plus. But this woman is surrounded by six to eight wolves. And I believe this took place in Montana, if I remember correctly. But she's surrounded by six to eight wolves. So he kind of starts to panic. He's thinking, oh, shit, this lady's in trouble. So he starts yelling, and he's he's honking his horn on his ATV, just trying to make a bunch of noise to scare the wolves off. Nothing's really working. She's too far away. He, jump, he just puts it in high gear, starts going down there to where he's at or where she's at. He finally reaches the clearing, and there's nothing there, nothing at all. No sign of anything. But coincidentally enough, he finds a silver ring with a black stone on it. That's so weird. Which apparently he still has to this day. Now, my question is there anything more to the ring with black stone? Also, what do you think the odds are of him finding that ring in that clearing? Yeah. I personally feel like that is some type of acknowledgement. Yeah. Something wanted him to find that. That's what I'm thinking. Whether it be for good purposes or bad purposes, we have yet to find out, apparently. Exactly. I also would (laughs) wonder the significance of the woman surrounded by the wolves. Yeah. If there's something that I don't, I'm unaware of, like lore wise. Dude, the woods are weird, bro. Yeah. Especially, like, they're weird around here where... He also doesn't give the ethnicity of the woman, which would have been a little bit more helpful as well. Yeah. Around here, we, I mean, we got some pretty dense forest, but it's nothing like hundreds of miles, nothing. Like right. A, like a national park would be. And I, like, even to my grandparents where they own, they own about 200 acres, uh, most of it's bluff land. I find weird shit up there. Found a whole campsite up there one time. A lean-to, a sleeping bag. Uh, the dude left his coat up there, left a bag up there, but it had been up there for it had been up there for years. Right. Because it was all tattered and shit. Who just leaves all their shit? Who says, oh shit, I gotta get out of here? Emergency uh, or something scary happened. Yeah. I was mushrooming one time actually probably scarier because even emergency you might you still, still pack go up. St- yeah. well even if you left it you would come back at some point and yeah. grab it i was mushroom hunting one year and i was walking around and there was just a jacket hung on a uh tree branch just out like in the middle of the woods on private property who just says 
Uh, getting a little warm. Gonna put this. I'll, I'll be back for it in a couple minutes. That's so weird. The wood. The, the woods are a weird place, man. And I, I really, really, I didn't realize how much I would enjoy, like digging through these types of stories. They're so fucking cool because they're so one off. Like some of these, I'd never like the, the robot humanoid dude. I've never heard anything like that <laughs> ever. Or the damn roadkill man. Well, two things I did not think I would be saying today was roadkill man and horny robot gnome. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are dope. Super fucking I do. crazy. Those are one of my favorite, like those little one-off things that cannot be classified in any category and are oftentimes overlooked are my favorite things. That's why I, I don't think I'm with you anymore. Like I remember we read, we've, I think you, you had it that time where that person saw the humanoid out their window, but it had a fly head. Yeah. So weird. How do you, how, like these, these have no, like they're not classifiable with a lot of the paranormal. They're these one-offs that just get overlooked. And it's it, like that in itself is so fascinating that they're just strictly one-offs. That's like why you I, rare, you like, I've never heard another story of what you had that day where there's that human figure with the fly head or this little fucking robot human like humanoid gnome looking thing or the roadkill man that doesn't talk it fucking mimics noises that perfectly gives, that gives me the heebie it's so creepy and that's why i think that's why i like uh charles fort's uh, collection of stuff granted it's very analytical by the book it just gives you a brief summary of what was reported but it is so there's so much weird shit that that dude recorded back then, so much. Yeah, from crosses falling from the sky to to weird animals and shit like like that stuff gets so overlooked and just lost in time because it doesn't fall into the boxes that we like to put the paranormal. Right, it's not a haunting. And you know what? It's not cryptozoological. That's actually that's actually kind of the inspiration that series of why I would like to take our listener experiences and put them in a book and put that out there. That way their experiences that stay, Oh, like it's our, it's our way of like forever logging these experiences. So they don't get lost in time. So that if in the future, somebody's looking for material for their show. Yes. They can, they can get the, grab that book eventually and, and scroll through it and be like, Oh shit, look at this story. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, or here's another account of the fly man or, or whatever, you know, it, it's just our way of logging archivists. Yeah. There you go. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. Cause like we were talking out earlier, we had, we had a call come in to the uh, night shift that Avery was on and the guy recanted uh, essentially an old hag story. Fucking so weird where he, where he was laying in bed it crawled on its chest and he remembered it spitting something metal onto his mouth. And as I was thinking, I'm like, I've heard that before. I've heard it in exorcism cases where, uh, the victims of the infestation will spit up pieces of nail from the crucifixion and stuff like that. But we also had another night shift caller call in from a few months ago that had a uh, dream where he was in this abandoned church and there were clergy and when he went down there, the clergy grabbed his face and essentially was trying to s- 
spit, for lack of a better term, some sort of entity into his mouth as well. So what are the Gross. what are the chances of that happening? On our show, two different callers. I don't know. With the same very, similar very small. Shit's weird. It's definitely weird. Shit is weird. But thanks for hanging out with us. We hope this kickstarts your week off in the right direction. Uh, hats off to you all, Holocult. Thank you for hanging out with us over these five, coming on five years. We're about four and a half in. Uh, shout out to all the OGs that have been with us from the start. Shout out to all the noobs that are just finding us. Uh, we love you guys, and the show would not be what it is without you. So, check us out at all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord. Join the Holocult. You'll not regret it. And until we meet again, stay safe, stay weird. And I feel like the theme song for this episode should be the slice of 90s pop deliciousness, How Bizarre by OMC.